benefits to coming to church. There are many benefits to preaching. One of them is for the next little while I don't have to wear a mask while I'm standing in front of you, which uh, is one of the things which I know we're all burdened by. Would you turn in the Word of God? We have a simple passage before us and yet a very uh, profound uh, passage before us. Um, Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4. And it is a joy to be with you and to worship with you and to see all the changes since I've been here last, which is wonderful. Uh, Hear the word of the Lord. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are upon the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. May God bless this reading of his word. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. Father, as we do come to consider the word of the Lord, we do pray that you would bless it. We thank you for the hope that is contained in it. Grant us faith, O Lord, that we might receive it by faith and be built up. We ask you these things in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we come to the end of the year, it's traditional, isn't it, to think back over the year that's been, and we certainly have had a year this year. Who could have imagined it? I certainly couldn't have, and I'm sure you couldn't. I can remember flying back. Uh, I think I was flying back from Central Asia. That was right, coming through Istanbul. And, uh, and we were thinking, well, what's going to happen next? And actually, I got worried that I wouldn't be back in time when the airlines were stopped. So it's certainly been a year, hasn't it, with the loss of life, the loss of jobs, the loss of freedom, um, the physical difficulties, the difficulties with relationships. As a friend of mine said, you know when you're antisocial, when COVID didn't stop you doing what you normally do, right? Um, But most of us are not there. Most of us are not there, all right? And and really, jokes aside, it is something of the judgment of God, isn't it? It is. We are seeing and we are witnessing in our day, uh, if you like, the plague of Egypt are falling upon the world, the trumpets and the bowls of wrath in the book of Revelation. This is what we are seeing, a manifestation of these things. And we are being reminded through this process that this world is not our home. Just as was said this morning, we've already had from the Old Testament, from Daniel, and from the story of the missionary. And we are reminded, aren't we, daily now with these things that thistles and thorns are what has now invaded and has taken over. We are strangers in a strange land. And so as we come into 2021 and we ask ourselves, where is our hope? Where is our hope? What have we been hoping on? Are we hoping on the vaccine? Are we hoping on a general retreat of COVID? Are we hoping in many ways for an easier life? And yes, we do. And these are quite legitimate things. But as a Christian, doesn't it? It gets taken so much further. And the reality gets taken so much further. And we are reminded that this world is not our home, that we seek another country, another land, another city whose builder and maker is God, a place that cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. And a place of blessing and a place of inheritance. That's what's laid up for those who are Christ, because that's what Christ's inheritance is. A place to be with his people in a place which cannot be shaken, where he will stand in the midst of the congregation and bring glory to his Father and we will worship alongside him. That is our hope. And this has always been really the hope of the church, hasn't it? The understanding that this world is not our home. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Israel in the wilderness. 
And even Christ himself, right? The, the maker of all things, the creator of all things, who comes down from the heavenly places. And what does he say? Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to put his head. Even Christ understood this as he worked, even though he's the creator, the sustainer, the upholder of all things by the word of his power. So, therefore, if this world is not our home, what are we to be reminded of? We're reminded of a couple of things in this passage. You have died and you have been raised with Christ. Died and raised with Christ. And that, that is the beginning, isn't it, of that, that wonderful gospel message. Um, he paid for sin. He paid for sin. He came. He has triumphed over the world, the flesh, and the devil. And as he's nailed, as it were, to the cross, what does he say a little bit earlier in Colossians chapter 2? Those accusations that were against us were nailed to the cross because he's paying for it. And he pays for it. And it is finished and it is done. And no more can those charges be done. They have been nailed to the cross. The cross is done. It is finished. And he dies. And he rises again. And in him we have that victory. And therefore now he has ascended on high. And he is sitting with the right hand of his father in glory. That place to which we are to look. He says, seek and set yourselves upon the things that are above. Seek and set yourselves upon the things which are above. Now, it is important, right, where we set our minds. Where we set our minds. Um, This is an exhortation. Not to set your minds on the things which are below. Let me remind you what it says in Philippians chapter 3. The things below whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Right? What they will eat, what they will drink, what they will wear, where they will go out. I, I, you hear amazing stories, don't you? When, when COVID was early on, and the, you know, we, when, when there was a COVID outbreak in one place, you know, you'd hear stories of people who had so much money they'd fly in their private jets to another part of the country where there was no COVID, so that they wouldn't have any restrictions, and then COVID would go there, and they'd get on a private jet and fly somewhere else. That was their focus: what they will think, what they eat, what they will drink, what they will wear. But no, here we're told to set your mind. Set your mind. Seek the things that are above. You know, the reality of life, and it's very simple, isn't it? We go where we look. Remember, the, remember growing up on a bicycle? You know, some of us, it was you know, a long time ago. Going up on a bicycle, one of the funny things about a bicycle, isn't it, is it, it goes where you look. And you just have to remind yourself from time to time, when something distracts you and you start to look like this, and you think you're still going straight, but you know very carefully, you know, all the, all the comic books will tell you, don't they, that very soon that you crash. You go where you look. I was reminded of this. I was going down Westheimer about six months ago, and something fell down the car, and I started to scratch around like I knew I shouldn't to try and find it, and I looked up, and I was just about riding the curb. Bounced off the curb. Actually did it this morning. I thought, where's my iPad? And I thought, well, well, no, I'm going to go where I look. No, I'll make sure that I've actually... I had to remind myself literally this morning. We go... Where we look. And so this is a very simple exhortation. Set your minds and, and, and seek the things which are above, not the things which are below. That, that's the direction of travel. Right? And so in every focus, in every focus that we are, whether you, whether you do, whether, you, whether you're working, whether you're, you're studying, whether you're in your job, in your labor, 
Set your minds upon things. It doesn't mean ignore those things. No, not at all. You know, that, 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 that idea, right? He's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Not at all. As you're doing those things, you're doing them unto Christ. As you are doing them, when you're driving, when I'm driving here, I should be doing it for Christ. Right? When you're going to work, you're doing it, what? For Christ. In your home, in your marriage, and in your family. As you exercise your life and, and you're thinking about things and you're thinking through in the mundane things of life and in the great things of life, what should you be doing? Setting your thoughts. As we go into 2021, setting your thoughts on Christ. Right? Get online. You used to go shopping. Now, now we get online and go shopping, right? Set your mind on things. As I was thinking about this, I thought, well, that might change what I put in my shopping basket, mightn't it? If I'm setting my mind on the things of Christ, practically, do I need this? Is there something better? Could I think through this in a better way? That I could bring more glory to Christ as I act and as I think in this world. This, therefore, is the proper focus. And Paul is very simply reminding us, and let's remind ourselves as we go into this next year, right? What is our focus, and how are we focusing, and how are we thinking through? And are we letting these things control our thoughts? And are we letting these things control ourselves and make the decisions that we make? And, of course, it's also, therefore, becomes a place of comfort, doesn't it? And it becomes a place of joy. Once we, once we get into this habit and we begin to think about these things which are ours in Christ, that we have died, that we have raised, that he is in heaven and, and that we are together with him. What, what, a, what a comfort it is. And I was thinking through the Psalms and the joy of the psalmist as he comes into the presence of God. Saying, this is my God. And I find joy and peace and happiness. Psalm 84.1, how lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. Look at that, what a way to start. My soul longs yet faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. There we go, right? The son of man didn't have any way to put his head. The birds of the air had. But here the sparrow finds a home in the courts of the Lord. The swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord, my, of hosts, my King, my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. That's a home, right? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will sing praises to you. One of the great tragedies, isn't it, when we focus on these things, not only are we not doing what Christ wants us to do when we focus on the things of this world, but we lose that sense of blessing and we lose that sense of privilege which is ours in Christ Jesus. Remember Bunyan, that crown of gold? Everybody's running around looking down all the time and just above the head is the crown of gold. Looking in the wrong place. Looking in the wrong place. So it is our duty and it is our habit that we are to cultivate. And brethren, sometimes it is a duty. Sometimes it is spontaneous. And we we thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I remember hearing a man once saying that, you know, if I don't force myself to pray, I won't pray. And he said, you know, I have to correct that. He said, because the Spirit will so work in my heart that he will cause me to pray from time to time. Because he, he so works in our hearts to change us. And that is absolutely true. But But this is a command. And this is a duty. Sit and think. And look. Sometimes, brethren, the reality is that we don't. We get worn down, and COVID's worn us all down, I think, you know. As time goes on, COVID has worn us all down, and we don't necessarily think like it. Um, We don't think these things. 
But to lead sometimes with duty is certainly better than not to lead at all, right? To lead with duty, to go with duty is better than not to lead with all. And the strange thing about duty, isn't it, is that duty often ends up finding blessing. And sometimes we don't want to do something and and you may think, I I don't want to do this. And you say, no, this is what I need to do. Let me not, let me not, let me not fall now, right? We're all worn down. We're all tired and COVID's done this. Let me not do this now. Let me stand. And then we go and we find it's the place of blessing. We find that it's the place of blessing. Now, why then are we to look, as I said, we are to look because our lives are hidden with Christ. Our lives are hidden with Christ. This is one of these great doctrines of Scripture, isn't it? That great doctrine. Not only are you saved by Christ, but you are united in him. You are united to him. You are united in him. And as the Father looks down upon Christ, he looks down upon Christ and all those in him. Right? The word Christ is corporate, actually. It's a corporate word. Jesus is his personal name. Christ is a corporate word, those in him. Those in him. All right? and, and, and here's the reality. Let's be right. You are already, to use the already and not yet, you are already in your new home. There is an aspect, brethren, which we are already in our new home. Why? Because Christ is there, seated in glory at the right hand of the Father. Already he is beginning to receive his inheritance. And in that sense, we are already there. Let us remind ourselves of that. Let us remind ourselves, too, that there's that element of being in Christ. It is, it is because we are precious, right? One of the aspects, and there's a whole aspects of union with Christ here, but one of the aspects is, why are we so close to united to Christ? Because we are in him. What does he say that to Paul? Why are you persecuting me? Because we are in him, Right? And Christ takes and guards and keeps what is so precious to him. But what do you do with something that's precious? Well, you guard it. You keep it. You hold it. You make sure that you know where it is. And what's Christ doing with his church, with us? He's guarding it. He's keeping it. He's holding it. He's, he's set in that heavenly places. United to him, guarding with him, and he guards us as he guards his own life. And he triumphs, and his triumph is our triumph. And his overcoming is our overcoming. And this is a reality. And this is a reality for us, even though at the moment it it is hidden. It is hidden, and that's what is picked up here, right? It's hidden. Our lives are hidden with Christ. And then it says, when Christ, who is our life, will appear. Right? So there's a period in which uh, we are to now live in this, this place. And Paul understands this, this, this place of faith and trust in this, this period for a time of faith and trust. Now, the scriptures recognize this difficulty. Uh, who were the ones who saw the apostles? Saw. And they were the eyewitnesses, right? And then there's this period in between where we don't see. And yet, not seeing, we believe and we hope. And then there will be a period where this comes to the end when we will see again. See and be seen. And the scriptures recognize this difficulty. And I just want to remind you very briefly, because you all know the story of Thomas, don't you? 
Right? Because that's put into John's gospel precisely to encourage us. Right? It's at the end of John's gospel because in John's gospel the whole thing is that you might know and you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And what happens right at the end of John's gospel? Well, we get a witness of the apostles and then we get what? Somebody who doubts. And then Christ shows him, yes, you doubted, but that does not mean that it was not true. And here we have this story, isn't it? Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came, and the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. That's eyewitness testimony. What do we base our hope on? Eyewitness testimony of the apostles. What the apostles have said, what they wrote, what they stated. This is the ground of our hope. Right? Nothing else. Eyewitness testimony. So they were eyewitnesses. And they said to him, and they told him, and yet Thomas has doubts. So what does he say? Unless I see his hands, the print of his nails, and put my finger into the print of his nails, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them, and Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in their midst, and said, look at my hands, reach here and put them into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. What's a challenge to Thomas, isn't it? Thomas, you've had the witness of these men, and they are eyewitnesses, they are my apostles. And they've spoken the truth to you. And it's a gentle way, but it is a rebuke, isn't it? Do not be unbelieving, Thomas, but believing. And here, I'm going to give you this extra evidence. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus says to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed of those who have not seen and have yet believed. And isn't that us? Those who have not seen. And yet we believe, right? And, and yes, I understand, brethren, it is, it is the power of God, it is the work of the Holy Spirit, and yet that same Holy Spirit works the conscious choice in us to believe. Faith is active, right? And we're saying we believe the testament of the apostles, and we understand these things, and we will live by faith. And this is part of setting your mind on things which are above. It's a choice to do it when we get up in the morning, right? We have to live by faith. We have to choose. Set your mind on the things that are when you're going to work. You're going to work with the eye of faith, right? By the ear of faith, we listen to the word. You're here. Why are you here? You chose to be here this morning. Am I right? a bad Calvinist? No, you chose to be here. God chose that you'd be here as well. I'm not saying that he didn't. But you do, right? This is the work of faith working its way out into your conscious life so that you say Yes. I choose, I will follow, I will set my mind on the things that are above. That's what you're doing here this morning. By the hands of faith we do his work. By the minds of faith we think God's thoughts after him. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This coming year, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Give over your mind. Think God's thoughts. What a privilege to think God's thoughts after him. What an exhortation to come and to minister and be sitting under the word and to go to Bible studies and, and all you can grasp with both hands to think God's thoughts after him and then to make choices which are pleasing in his sight by faith, day by day by day as we go through. And our lives then are hidden with Christ. But look at it again. He doesn't only say your lives are hidden with Christ. He says your lives are hidden with Christ in God. In God. And he pushes it one step further back, right? One step further back. 
Yes, God's blessings are only available in Christ. Let me say that again. I remember being down at a marketplace and we were doing outdoor, we were involved in outdoor preaching that was, which was happening. And, um, and somebody was there and they were, we actually liked hecklers because then everybody else would listen, right? When a guy was standing up and preaching in the marketplace, nobody else would listen. They'd walk by embarrassed. But if, if there was heckling going on, then somebody said, oh, there's a fight. We couldn't listen to this. You know, everybody would come. So we liked hecklers. We, we enjoyed the hecklers. And one of the things the man said, he said it to a friend of mine. He said, oh, well, if you said your God is so merciful that I'm going to carry on doing what I like. And the man said, well, our God is very merciful, but he's merciful to those who are in Christ. He's merciful to those who are in Christ Jesus and who have grasped Christ Jesus. But he says that in God, and it's interesting, this phrase only appears twice more in Scripture, in God, right? In Thessalonians, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus. And then, strangely enough, Second Thessalonians, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father. That particular turn of phrase, why make the distinction? Well, I think there's two stresses, and I'm going to go through these quickly. The first is our, our union with Christ is so full. But it brings us into union with Father and the Son. And that fullness of blessing. One of the great privileges that we have is we enter into that most intimate relationship, don't we? That relationship between Father, Son and Spirit. And what happens to the Christians? They're drawn in to that most intimate relationship. What's part of your inheritance? That you are the Son of the Father along with the Son. And as the Son had the Spirit So you partake of the Spirit and you enter into this wonderful relationship with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. What a privilege and what a blessing. But also because of the Thessalonians, the idea is is security because one one of their struggles was security, right? Christ who sits at the right hand of God. But we are also in God himself. It's a double rampart. Mole, one of that great New Testament scholars, says it's a double rampart, a double fortification to strengthen you. We are in and blessed by and protected by the rampart of Christ. And then secondly, we are in and protected by the fortification of God in all his fullness. Again, Daniel chapter 7, right? There's the Ancient of Days and there's the Son. Both of those are where you are and what surrounds you. And that's security. Although we have this treasure in earthen vessels, it is secure. Set your minds on the things where Christ is, God in Christ, because it will be revealed. And one thing which is true in the history of the world, now the 2020 is behind us, we are one year closer to the return of our Lord Jesus Christ in the history of the world. We are one year closer, who will be revealed from where he is. He will come again. Let me just remind you as we close, two things to encourage us as we go forward into 2021. Beloved, John 3, verse 2. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Right? It has not been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. It's one of the great promises. And then Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is in heaven. 
for which we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it might be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working of which he is even able to subdue all things unto himself. Let's take those things with us as we go forward. Father, we do thank you.